Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Zone, presented by Dimes. I am your host, Carter, and I'm glad you have found the one-stop shop for all things fantasy basketball. We're going to talk about Roto Leaks. We'll talk head-to-head points. We'll talk ESPN. We'll talk Yahoo. We'll talk Sleepers new style. And we'll talk Dynasty, all here in one podcast. What a great day for you. What an A-plus day. You found this great thing that will improve your life from this day onward. And today, we will put the spotlight on this polarizing, intriguing rookie class. Whether you are in a redraft league and trying to snag a rookie in the later rounds and see if you can get a bargain to help propel your team to victory, or if you are in a dynasty league and you're looking forward to your rookie-specific draft and you're looking for that next LeBron James, that next guy who's going to carry you for the next 15, maybe even 20 seasons of your life, of your fantasy life. So how do we find these rookies? What makes a rookie valuable? How can we tell who is going to boom and who will bust? Well, I went back and looked at the last 16 years of NBA drafts. Why 16? Well, 2006, 16 years ago, was right after they changed to the one and done rule. So no more high school players could go directly into the NBA after that year. So I thought that was a good cutoff for trying to level the playing field of analysis here. And what I found was not 100% surprising, but I think are interesting tidbits in here that I would like to share with you. First off, last 16 years, who do you think had the best rookie fantasy season? I, I was somewhat surprised by this. If you just asked me off the top of my head, I would think, okay, what's probably got to be Blake Griffin. I mean, he took the league by storm his rookie year. He had no one else on that team around him. Chris Paul wasn't there yet. And he had missed a whole season. So really, he'd been training with the NBA. Then I thought, oh, missed a whole season. Maybe Ben Simmons, when he came in with the Sixers and took the league by storm as well, leading them to actually success, you know, 52 wins that year. It's like, oh, what if it was Kevin Durant with the Supersonics? I was like, I don't know. That was kind of a weird year. He was kind of a shooting guard back then. And then I saw it and it hit me. Carl Anthony Towns. You know, I was just bashing him last week on the Fantasy Pod. If you missed it, check it out. I think his I think he's overvalued right now, and Rudy Gobert is going to take some of that value away. But even in his rookie season, Carl was trying to prove me wrong. He was eight of all players that year in the 2015-2016 NBA season. Carl Anthony Towns was eighth in terms of fantasy production in a nine-cat league. That's nine categories for you folks out there. That was the highest of anybody. Second highest? was Steph Curry in his rookie season. He was all the way up at 12. Most rookies, I mean, most rookies are not valuable at all. And then even fewer of them are in the top 100. But there have only been 13 players that have made the top 50 in their rookie year in terms of fantasy value. Let me tell you those guys, going backwards from 2006, so no one in 06, 07, no one in 7, 8, 
No one in 8-9. Steph Curry was number 12 in that 0-9-10 season. First rookie on my list to crack the top 15. He did it at 12. Then after we had Anthony Davis, Dame Lillard, Nerlens Noel, who missed his full rookie season, Kristaps Porzingis, Jokic, who was drafted and then waited a year to play, Carl Anthony Towns, number eight, the highest one on this list, Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. A really weird trio here because these three guys, all right next to each other, were the only players on, you know, winning teams. Simmons, Mitchell, and Tatum up to this point. Everyone else was in the deep, deep lottery, not even close to playoffs. Then we had DeAndre Ayton, Herbert Jones, and Scotty Barnes, another guy who was in the playoffs. So this list, you can tell, has people from all over the place, but I just want to talk about Curry and Carl Anthony Towns, a couple guys who were extremely high in the rankings. So what situation did they walk into? Well, if you're a Warriors fan or a Timberwolves fan, you know. They were walking into a complete dumpster fire. Carl Anthony Towns and the Timberwolves won 29 games his rookie year. Steph Curry in his rookie year won 25. They had tons of opportunity. You want your rookies to be able to play tons of minutes. And they're going to put up meaningless stats, right? Luka Doncic had a pretty big impact on the winning of the Dallas Mavericks in his rookie year, and he only finished 93rd, which is a good placement for a rookie. But we're looking at the elite, the top 50 here. So Carl and Curry, both sub-30 wins. So look at those over-unders from Vegas and find a rookie going onto those teams, a team that is going to win fewer than 30 games. I think there are lots of rookies who have that spot this year, but we're going to parse them out, going to see what differentiates the true boom rookies. And if there is someone who can maybe crack the top 50, crack the top 25 this year, we'll talk about that and more after the break. And we are back. Let's go through the rookie class. We'll just say the top 10. Paolo to the Magic, Chet to the Thunder, Jabari Smith the Rockets, Keegan Murray, he lit it up during Summer League to the Kings, Jaden Ivey on the Pistons, Benedict Matherin, the Pacers, Shaden Sharp, Trailblazers already injured, Dyson Daniels for the Pelicans, Jeremy Sohan on the Spurs, go Spurs go, and Johnny Davis to the Wizards. Now I'm just going to cross a couple guys off the list. Like I said, Shaden Sharp, he's injured, really sad. If you're a dynasty, look at him for going forward because he was highly talented. His talent wasn't the question, it's the work ethic. So I would take a, if he's still there in the third round of your dynasty rookie draft, definitely take a swing at him. If you're in a non-keeper situation in a redraft, please, please do not draft Shaden Sharp. Then we have Jeremy Sohan, a rookie on the Spurs. Maybe it's a new year. Maybe Popovich is turning over a new leaf. I doubt it. And especially with his number one hole or thing he needs to fix is any kind of offensive creation. 
Uh, I think you can cross Sohan off the list. Johnny Davis on the Wizards. 6-5 wing. Don't see that one either. Um, yes, they're probably going to lose a lot of games, but they're just stuffed with veterans on that team. Bradley Beal's back. Will Barton. Kyle Kuzma. All their other rookies or, you know, past rookies. Corey Kisper. Rui Hachimura. There's just not enough space for the Rook Johnny to to thrive in there. Unless he's a true superstar, which I haven't heard anyone say, and I also don't think we crossed Johnny off the list as well. Dyson Daniels, guard on the Pelicans. Big guard, 6'7". Maybe that Josh Giddy LaMelo Ball thing? I don't know. I, I don't see it. Again, they have CJ McCollum, Herbert Jones, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, if you're going to be an impactful rookie, you got to start for at least the majority of the season. And Dyson Daniels off. So you go 10, 9, 8, 7, Johnny Davis, Sohan, Dyson Daniels, and Sharp. Just cross them off the list. But then it gets really interesting with six going forward. So we'll start with six. Benedict Matherin on the Pacers. He could be in that perfect formula. He has a role to fill the forward position on the Pacers, especially if this Russell Westbrook trade goes through and Buddy Heald ends up back or going to Los Angeles. Then there is a little space. They are going to be a team that is going to lose a lot of games and put him in that right situation. So with Bennett Matherin, I would say just wait for the Westbrook trade. If there's no Westbrook trade, I would avoid taking Matherin in the top 50. I don't see it. I don't see his value at that point. And I don't even really see him at a 100. Just with Halliburton, Turner, and Buddy Heald, and Chris Duarte, their rookie from last year, I don't see the opportunity. But if Heald's gone and Turner is gone, then let it fly. Jaden Ivey, really interesting here to me. Going to the Pistons. Seems like it could just be, just be an easy fit. Pop, right next to Cade Cunningham. Now, Cade Cunningham was 107 last year. In terms of all rookie, in terms of all players in head-to-head categories. So unless you think Jaden Ivey is going to be better than Cade which I don't think will happen, then I wouldn't, you know, reach up for Ivy. I, I don't think there's really a way he get in that top 50. I'm not even certain he starts at the beginning of the year. If the Pistons really think, okay, let's try to win games with the addition of their, that whole Knicks trade when they got Kemba Walker and Nerland Snowell and Alec Burks. Like, if they're really going to play those vets, then... Ivy does not have a path to being in the top 50 next year. He seems explosive and seems in general in a good situation for long-term value. So in the Dynasty League, I actually would look at Ivy. It seems like him and Cade can play together, but just those two guards, two young guards starting doesn't equal a lot of winning, and it seems like the Pistons may be tired of being at the true bottom of the East and are going to try to push for at least a play-in spot. Keegan Murray. Tons of trash spoken about Keegan Murray and the Kings pick. 
why don't you just take Ivy, everyone said. But then Keegan Murray went out and shot the lights out in the Summer League. He's 6'8", forward. He's a big guy. Exactly what the Kings could use if you're drafting for need, which is a lot what a lot of people blame the Kings for doing. It's like, why draft for need? Your team is bad. But Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, could this team be too good next year to be to produce a top 50 fantasy player? Well, the average of the 13 guys that were in the top 50 that I found in the last 16 years, their average amount of wins was 35 wins. Now, if that's not a Sacramento Kings win-loss record, I don't know what is. 35 wins? They should retire that number up in the rafters. Sorry, Kings fans. That was unnecessary and possibly hurtful. But here comes a compliment. Keegan Murray, who's he fighting for minutes for? If he's a great shooter, that's exactly what that team could need. So Keegan Murray... I would actually look at to draft, maybe not breaking the top 50, but if you can get him in the 10th round of your league, I would take a swing because if he's good, the opportunity is there. The ceiling is higher than another three-point shooting, high efficiency, maybe four rebound forward that you're going to draft. The ceiling is just so much higher. Now, we get into the big three here. Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, and Paolo. All three guys are going into pretty similar situations. Teams that were not particularly close at all to making a playoff run. We'll start with the Rockets and Jabari, the team that I think is the actual worst of these three. The Rockets really don't have anything going for them and are still going to try to lose next year. They traded Christian Wood. They let John Wall go to the Clippers. It's Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, and a bunch of nothing nobodies. They had Eric Gordon on their roster forever. I don't know how he's not on the Lakers or the Sixers, the Clippers or something by this point. But Jabari Smith is in a prime situation. Now, the problem is he's not a big man, so he's not going to be getting a ton of rebounds and he's not a guard. The only forwards, true forwards that cracked the top 50 in the in those last 16 years was Jason Tatum, Scotty Barnes, and Herb Jones. Now, those guys, Herb and Scotty, had the defensive stats to back it up. I don't know if Jabari Smith is going to be able to get those stats this year just because everybody around him is such a horrible defender. Like, if why would anyone go at Jabari is my question. You know, Herb Jones, he no one was paying attention to Herb Jones but it wasn't like a true, horrible, worst situation ever defense around him. The Rockets have nobody. They have no scheme. They're, you know, everything's changing with the Rockets. So I don't think Jabari can get those defensive stats. So you would have to have a season like Jason Tatum when he came in his rookie season and landed at number 42. 
And that was some rebounds and just excellent, efficient scoring. So that that could be Jabari. But around Tatum, he had this whole winning team and he was efficient. So with Jabari, I think he will lack the efficiency. If you're in just a points league, I like Jabari. I also like Jabari in Dynasty. People, because he slipped, everyone was expecting him at one, even though he maybe should have been going three from the beginning. I think that somehow got blamed on him, that the Magic just liked Paolo better, or they were faking everyone out, saying they were going to take Jabari for some reason. But Jabari Smith is 6'10", and is a knockdown shooter. That's a great NBA player, if it works out. So for Jabari, I would definitely take him in Dynasty. So next up, we got Chet going to the Thunder. Him and Pokachevsky are going to form the Slim Towers. Very interesting to see how the Thunder defend Jokic or Embiid or what happens when they play the Cavs. But that doesn't matter for what we're talking about today, and that's fantasy. I think Chet, of anybody, is in the best fantasy situation I think he should go number one in Dynasty in your rookie draft. Not if you're like starting a Dynasty League this year. Please do not pick Chet Holgram number one in that situation. But with Chet, why do I say that? Well, his team probably going to be around 35 wins or lower. The West is stacked next year. He will get those defensive stats. He is an extremely, extremely high IQ defender when it comes to blocks especially he is not intimidating but all he has to do is just tip the ball for a second and then that counts as a block and we saw that in the summer league now could it just be the situation when everything comes together in full nba speed and strength and chet just can't hold up maybe but I don't think so because the Thunder have lots of great players on that team. They have SGA. They have Josh Giddy, They have Lou Dort. I think Chet will have the protection of an actual NBA roster around him, but also they're not going to be too good. They're the coach and the GM will have a directive to, we need to figure out if Chet is the guy or if we need to tank and get tank for, victor next draft i think chet can be the guy in the way that like al horford could be the guy just very very extremely helpful to your team in terms of success but he just can't be the number one scorer and maybe they have that with sga and josh giddy's a point guard who knows what the thunder are doing they've just been tanking for so long uh yeah who knows but Chet, I could see 18 points, definitely the rebounds, 9 or 10, and steals and blocks, as well as shooting from 3. He could be that Al Horford formula, and man, he's going to play a lot of minutes. I don't think the Thunder will go into a true tank because Chet Holmgren, Holmgren is going to be helpful to winning for them in that first year. And they're not going to feel the need to go down all the way to 
the bottom to tank. Maybe they start combining their draft picks and all the assets they've acquired in Paul George trade and others to try to get another guy. You know, get SGA and those picks and try to get someone even better to better align with the age of the rest of their team. Chet Holmgren is the guy for this draft. He should be the first rookie taken off the board in dynasty rookie drafts as well as redrafts. Who does that leave? That leaves Paolo Banquero to the Magic. And even if he is more talented and a better NBA player than Chet Holmgren, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about fantasy. I know you know, but I just want to, you know, level it here. Now, I also think Chet will be a better NBA player than Paolo, but a lot of people disagree with that. But in fantasy, Paolo just doesn't have the right situation. I think the Magic will not win a lot of games, but that's not going to help Paolo because there's just in in a situation where there's just going to be too many mouths to feed. If Cole Anthony wasn't on that team, I would feel a lot better about Paolo's fantasy outlook for this upcoming season, but he is. Cole Anthony is on that team. He thinks he's the number one guy. He's the big dog and he has been he's been scoring the most points for that team you got Franz Wagner who this could be a great situation this could be like Kawhi and Paul George this could be like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum or it could not work it could be like can't think of a good analogy here but it could be like maybe Franz and Paolo is what we're gonna call it from now on when you have these two big guys who just don't mesh they don't their games maybe won't complement each other i know we want to be optimistic but with cole anthony with franz and with jalen suggs who's also still trying to prove himself there are just so many players on this team that are still trying to prove themselves and unless paolo reaches stratospheric levels of play where Every other player instantly knows, oh, this is the guy. Like if we're looking at a Kevin Durant or a LeBron James, where everyone knows immediately, oh, this Paolo, he is our ticket to a championship. Then this guy, he just can't be above Chet. It just doesn't work out. There's too many people on the team that want to do the exact same thing as him. What he showed in Summer League when he was the guy, those few games that he did play, was incredible athleticism, good defense, and really that playmaking was what excited a lot of people. But he's just not going to be handling the ball between the actual guards, Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs, and then Franz. I think Paolo's fourth on that list. And I want my rookie, if I'm drafting a rookie anticipating top 50 production, I want my rookie to be handling the ball, to be like one of the guards we talked about with, you know, Curry or Dame or Ben Simmons, or they need to be a big old center who's just going to get all the rebounds like Nerlens Noel, Porzingis, Jokic, Anthony Davis. Or if they are a wing like Banquero, is are they gonna get those defensive stats? And that's something, whether his one-on-one defense is good or not, those those steals and blocks are not something that he has excelled at. So I don't see him being a Herb Jones or a Scotty Barnes. 
He just doesn't fit into this next season. Again, in Dynasty, I would still prefer Chet, but I would have I would have Jabari 3 and Paolo 2. Yeah, Chet, Paolo, Jabari, and then Dynasty, Jaden Ivey. And then honestly, maybe even Shaden Sharp, because I could see the Trailblazers doing a whole other thing with Dame, and then Sharp is the guy after this, if he can make it through this first injured season. But missing that first season, whether it was Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, or Jokic, and a little bit of Nerlens Noel, he was valuable for a little bit, has typically turned out to at least a few seasons of valuable basketball. Blake Griffin, another one. So those are our guys, the top 10 in the draft. When we come back, I'm going to talk about any reaches, any guys outside of that top 10 that we can find value in and maybe win your fantasy league. Before we go, I'm going to give you a few names outside the top 10 of guys to look for. The reason I stopped at the top 10 is the majority of the rookies that were in the top 50 in whatever year they played were top 7 or higher. I mean, you had Curry at 7, Davis at 1, Dame 6, Noel 6, Porzingis 4, Jokic at 41, drafted during the Taco Bell commercial, as we have all seen. Car Anthony Towns, 1. Simmons, 1. Mitchell, 13. He is a real outlier. He was picked 13, and his team was winning. Tatum, 3. 8 and 1. Herb Jones, 35. And then Scotty Barnes, 4. So again, massive majority of these guys are even top 5. But are, are any of these guys in a great situation? You know, you would look at Mark Williams at 15 to the Hornets and think, wow, this guy who is ACC Defensive Player of the Year. He's just going to absorb all these boards. He's a huge guy. I bet he'll play great next to Melo. Maybe, but if the Hornets are trying to win, they still have Mason Plumley on their team. So I don't even know if Mark Williams will start initially. If he does, boom. Pick that guy. Like, if you draft after preseason, it seems like Mark Williams is going to be the starter. That's an excellent, excellent piece. Because I could see him just alley-oops and rebounds and blocks and if you're going for that big man build in a in a nine cat then mark williams could be a great great find as the hornets have lots of opportunities for anyone who wants to play defense and rebound on that team after that maybe malachi branham on the spurs from ohio state the guard i just say that as a massive spurs fan because i'm hoping that he can score. Someone has to score on the team. And our starting point guard right now is probably Trey Jones. So if Branham is just, just has to be better than Trey Jones. Now you get it. Now you get a starting point guard, probably really, really late in your fantasy draft. Look out for Branham and check again, those preseason minutes. Other than that, in the actual, in the first round, I don't really see anybody. I mean, Jovic from Serbia on the Heat. If he can't play defense, he's not going to start. 
the Heat have established that very clearly, and this guy does not like to play defense. Uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. on the Warriors. I mean, no, they just have so much, you know, between Kaminga and Wiseman and Moody coming back. They just have a lot of guys they need to get going. In the second round, I'm just looking for guys with the possibility to start and, you know, potential to be great, obviously. Christian Coloco on the Raptors. He's a center, but they again, a too many mouths to feed situation. Yeah, it's rough out here. It's rough out here in the second round. I don't think we have a Jokic, only because that has only happened like one time in NBA history. So outside the top 10, I would be looking at Mark Williams for sure, for sure. And a little, maybe a little Spurs with Malachi Branham. They, we, I'm going to say we, we just don't have any guards. We, uh, Lonnie Walker gone, DeJounte Murray lo- traded in the offseason. Derek White traded during the season to the Celtics. Josh Richardson could be traded at any point of the year. He's an expiring contract. And again, the point guard is Trey Jones, not Tyus Jones, his brother on the Grizzlies. It's Trey Jones, who I like, is a very good backup point guard in this league. Well, on that Trey Jones note, let's wrap this bad boy up. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Zone presented by Dimes. Tweet us at Dimes Pod. Which rookie do you think is going to be the most valuable? Or if you got a long story to tell, dimespod at gmail.com I would love to hear when you took a chance on Carl Anthony Towns when no one else believed you or back in 07 when you were like Jamario Moon that's my guy he was the 55th best player in the NBA in fantasy that year Jamario Moon Durant was 87 that year so if you had if you took a swing on a rookie you believed in Dame Lillard or you completely missed and you were like Giannis is going to be my guy from day one. And then he was number 102. But then you've been living it up in dynasty land for the past 10 years with old Giannis. Wow, this is going to be his 10th year. That's wild. Well, I guess ninth year. Crazy stuff. Can't believe he's been around in our lives this long. Anyway, at DimesPod on Twitter, DimesPod at gmail.com. If you want to send us a review a letter just some notes some criticisms some thank yous we would love to hear it thank you again for listening and i will be back next monday with another the fantasy zone and on friday we will be back with continuing our nba preview adios